This isn't any regular heat. This is nuclear heat. Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, bringing you the latest from the Square Circle on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, Jake Bakoven. Ah, yes, making a return just before War Games, a la Randy Orton. This is Nuclear Heat on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, I'm Jake Bakoven, your Nuclear Heat host, and he is Augie Pena, our Nuclear Heat contributor. Uh, we have taken a, a bit of a break here, and uh, so, you know, as wrestlers do, we like to make a big impact in that. So coming back into uh, right before War Games is awesome. Uh, we are a weekly wrestling show. We'll try to get it kicking up again uh, and uh, and be able to talk about everything that goes on in the squared circle in the WWE. Maybe occasionally talk some AEW, but uh, I just don't have enough time to watch <laughs> watch yeah. everything. And I'll just be completely honest: AEW's premium live events cost more money than WWE's <laughs> as of right now. So also we'll stay mostly with WWE. Uh, but Augie, welcome back. We got our yeah. grand return here. Just before War Games, I think it's a good time. The wrestling, in my mind, has been pretty good. The storylines building up to this premium live event. We'll go over SmackDown and Raw um, of this of this previous week, the previous episodes. But how are you feeling about the wrestling right now? Um, you know, it it's not bad. It, you know, there are some exciting things, but, you know, there are some directions. You're kind of just like, all right, you know, they just like always, you know, you don't know where, where they're heading um, with certain things. But not bad, you know, had a lot of John Cena, you know, oh, yeah. had some of The Rock. Uh, Roman Reigns is back, you know, so they're they're bringing a lot of the big hitters back. Um, so you can't complain about that, yeah. you know, on there. But yeah, yeah, not bad. We got our LA Knight push while yeah. we were gone. Yeah. We were uh, con- uh, we were complaining and trying to get an LA Knight push. Now it is uh, seemingly in in full swing, though he's not part of the the War Games team, which is interesting because he's all still battling the bloodline yeah. as well, as is everybody. Which is it's making a very unpredictable WrestleMania card about mm-hmm. who's going to take on Roman Reigns. So, like I said, I just kind of like wrestling here as we stand. Um, because if you think about previous Survivor Series, now they've added War Games um, pretty much from the NXT brand where you have a, a giant cage around two rings um, and there's going to be advantages and you can't get the pin till everybody's in uh, type of situation. Um, but it's not your typical Survivor Series where you have guys wearing SmackDown yep. shirts against guys with Raw shirts. And at one time that seemed to work, but in the last probably 15 years, all of them. Um, there's just been so much roster movement between the brands yeah. that it never seemed to click all that well. There were a few exceptions. Um, I thought that year when they brought NXT up it, to be involved too, that was kind of cool. And NXT did well. And then they forgot about it like two yeah. weeks later. <laughs> so that was it, it, it was good for the moment and then didn't really spark into anything. Um, but interesting too, you don't have your typical champion versus champion yeah. type of th- deal going on. So Roman Reigns is going to be sitting out War Games unless he makes some surprising appearance. Um, and I was kind of thinking all along that they were going to build up to a Seth Rollins Roman Reigns showdown, where it's pretty obvious Roman Reigns would probably be the victor there. Yeah. But I think that there's money on the table there that they haven't quite explored there. I thought that Survivor Series would be part of that. I thought that was, in fact. Part of the reason why Seth Rollins was the choice for the title to begin with, mm-hmm. but uh, so I'm a little bit surprised not to see the traditional Survivor Series, but I like the refreshed War Games feel, and they don't—they're not forcing it this year. Yeah, uh, it feels much like last year when the Bloodline was involved. Um, that with Judgment Day and Damage Control, you know, you're not—you're not forcing some teams together. The yeah. good guys are kind of forced, but the you know the, the dominant heels, the the heel factions 
uh, really feel like this is this has been put together in long term store building. Yeah, no, and and I think they do still keep that SmackDown versus Raw, but I don't think they announce who the teams are, and it's like five randoms from SmackDown, five randoms from Raw, and that's kind of the. Yeah. I think that's what they did last year and maybe the year before. Um, but no, yeah, I really like War Games. Um, I like the teams that are going up. You know, the Judgment Day and um, everybody. You know that they that they're recruiting um, on there. I am. Very disappointed that Roman Reigns is not going to be a part of this. You know, he's he's your champion. I I saw a stat that he's wrestled like four or five matches this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas last year, where people thought he didn't, he wasn't involved. He at least did twenty two matches or something like that. And then this year, he's got like four or five. So that's that's disappointing when he's your top champion. Um, there. But you know, I I'm I'm pretty excited for War Games, even on the the women's side of it. You know, Damage Control. Um, you know, we'll go into into kind of the teams and everything on the shows. But, you know, I, I think it's it's fun. Like last year's war game I thought was very refreshing. You know, the whole Sami Zayn was still trying to get involved um, with the bloodline against against Kevin Owens' team. And, you know, he kind of did all that stuff. So I thought that was fun. Um, you know, we'll have to see what they what they put on this year for us. Because I think I th- think the the card looks pretty promising. Um, it, it just really depends on, you know, how they go with the story. Because, you know, we've talked about it before in the months before uh you know the judgment day kind of being involved in everything you know is this going to be like the mountaintop you know do they do they you know beat you know the other team that they're, that they're going against or is it just kind of another you know the 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 judgment day lose but yet it doesn't affect anybody you know and then they yeah. it's the main event for the next three years you know yeah. um, oh, um gosh, yeah so. they've been running with that for quite some time it's still the same thing i feel like this has to be the blow off for it i mean yeah. they, they can try to carry it maybe to wrestlemania um but i i sure hope not yeah <laughs> i mean because i'm kind of ready for something um something different um it's it, but it's been very good because again the long-term store building i appreciate uh, as opposed to like last year's WrestleMania where Brock Lesnar didn't have a, an opponent. They didn't yeah. build anything. They're just like, oh, here's Almas. He's a giant. Yeah. Here's two weeks. And then you get into it. Even if it feels oversaturated, overdone, um, I like at least that there, you know, it is a long term yeah. story uh, that's building. And you mentioned too last year's War Games, which was the first, I believe, in the in the WWE mm-hmm. brand from NXT. I was looking it up the other day because I remember the bloodline, like like significant, because the bloodline won. Again, this was probably the height of Sami Zayn. And- in the bloodline, uh, attacking KO, kind of proving his worth, kind yeah. of where JD McDonough is right now with Judgment Day was where Sammy was at that time and, and did that. Um, can you remember who Kevin? I know you said KO because that's who the finisher is on. Do you remember any of his opponents or of his teammates? Because that, like this, the one problem I do have is the good guys are all just kind of thrown together and there's not really any reason for them to be. Um, united other than their hatement for the Judgment Day or the bloodline in that case, dude. I can't remember who <laughs> anyone else who was on Kevin. O- Do you remember who else was on Kevin? I looked team? it up. I did not remember oh. it. Uh, one was Drew McIntyre. So he oh. has experience okay. now as going into the war games, which is kind of fun to break down. Obviously yeah. it doesn't matter in reality, but to actually, when, you know, when the, the commentators are talking about, yeah. it's good to have experience. The other ones I'm not surprised by this, the brawling brutes, uh, not just the two of them along, uh, along with Seamus. Okay. Um, okay. Surprising that Ridge Holland and Butch uh, were in such a big you know, yeah. war games type of situation, but I think they might have also, they might have had some NXT experience with that too. So maybe yeah. they kind of played into the storyline. Uh, once again, this is Nuclear Heat on 93.7 The Ticket. 
We are in our new home. We built it out of brick uh, so that the Big Bad Wolf can't come in. We'll get into SmackDown and Raw coming up. And, and like, we, like we've been saying, it's just been re- really good in my mind, the, the, the storylines. Um, Raw, much better than SmackDown in my mind this past week. Um, Raw, usually sitting there at about three hours long, can kind of feel like it is sitting at three hours long. Whereas SmackDown, with just two hours, um, usually feels a little bit better. Um, and uh, SmackDown, this had a couple of filler matches that I wasn't all too impressed with. And those are so it's kind of interesting um, that that's been the case so far. Let's go ahead and start with our SmackDown review. Um, Damage Control came out and issued a War Games challenge for Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Shotzi to find a partner uh, to face, of course, Bailey, Io Sky, Kyrie Sane, and Asuka in the War Games match. Uh, this uh, was before Brawl broke out, obviously, and uh, management had to come down and, and break it up and, and, again, say that they needed to find a uh, the good guys, or the good gals in this case, needed to find a partner by the end of the night. So that was kind of the part of the, of the story throughout SmackDown. I kind of like that. It's a tease. They did that, again, both for uh, SmackDown and Raw, and it made you want to wait for the end of the show, at least yeah. want to see the end of the show. Um, so I like the way that they've done that. Sometimes, again... When they're building matches for premium live events, they'll just kind of get all the interesting stuff mm-hmm. out in two weeks and then have like three weeks just to fill until you get to that premium live event. I think they've done a good job of kind of keeping the interest there. Um, so before we get too for- much further into it, I did want to mention, though, um, because we haven't had too much time to talk about uh, about at least publicly about damage control and yeah. this kind of new group, because obviously they've added Kyrie Sane and Asuka to it. Kyrie Sane helping getting uh, a win. Uh, in the last premium live event as a surprise, and then Oscar joining them shortly after, um, kind of telling a story as well. WWE is with this group of Bailey not quite fitting in, mm-hmm. um, kind of has been their leader, uh, feels less so the case as, as more buddies kind of team up from, from past. What do you think about the addition of Kyrie Sane, the return of Kyrie Sane, and the addition of Asuka to damage control. Is this a long-term thing? Is this just for war games? Um, I, first off, Kyrie Sane returning at Crown Jewel mm-hmm. or whatever it was was yeah. a huge disappointment because the crowd was not behind her. And I felt like this was a pretty big return. Um, you know, they, they, they acted like they didn't know who she was, yeah. you know, when she came in to help. She's tiny, too. It yeah. Does, sometimes doesn't help if, if maybe they didn't recognize who she was. Yeah, she's but, not very big. But I, I, I did like her in her first debate because she's another... Uh, Eo Sky, you know, essentially, you know, they're they're the same thing there. But I think it's it's weird or it's odd because Bailey, you know, and uh, Kyrie Sane had a big feud, you know, so yeah. they kind of don't, you know, it seems like they don't like each other um, on there. I don't think it's long term. I think it's you know it's going to be war games and then you're going to have the, the eventual split. You know, I think Oscar, Eo Sky, and Kyrie Sane will stay together and then you know Dakota Kai and Bailey will kind of be on their own and Dakota Kai I think is still not medically cleared yeah. um to wrestle so she'll um kind of just be stuck there in Bailey's sides and then I think you know they 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 have an opportunity here to make Bailey come out of this really on top because it's going to be one on three essentially if she can take them out and take that title away I think that's huge for her but I kind of don't want that right now because I still do like you know what we're seeing with EO Sky you know, as a champion, I still do like her, um, as champion there, but you know, we'll see, we'll see where they take this, but I don't think, um, that they're going to, that this is going to last long. 
Yeah, it's interesting because they do have a lot of different ways to go with it. The money payoff at some point, you would think, unless they strip Eosky a different way, would be Eosky and Bailey eventually going at it. And whether Eosky gets put over or Bailey does, um, you know that that would be like you said. I mean, it could could position Bailey well, kind of rejuvenate her uh, career as a top babyface in the industry, which she was for a long time. A very good did a very good job of that. Um, or kind of help solidify EO Sky, which is what they've kind of been doing, having her beat Charlotte Flair and Bianca mm-hmm. Belair and, 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 and all them. Um, so uh, I, I'm interested to see where that goes too. I think I think it feels short-lived too with Asuka because that's a huge addition to a group yeah. that, has, that hasn't been treated that way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, now they have more people. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but that's, you know, <laughs> however many time champion Asuka, who you can always throw in and, and now like she's, other than Bailey, she's as credible as anybody in that group. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's kind of feels like a short-term pairing. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think you could eventually break Bailey off of damage control, um, have Eos Guy and Kyrie Sane and Asuka, and maybe even Dakota move forward and kind of have Bailey play that edge role. Yeah. Um, to um, to what they did with um, not damn not I'm getting the. Uh- there's um, too many groups now. Damage control and uh, and 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 the other one, obviously, that we're talking about in War Games, um, Judgment Day. Sorry. Judgment Day. Sorry. Yes. Okay. We're, it's after our first week back. There's going to be a few misses yeah. on there. Do you, do you want me to just move real quick because this keeps? Yeah. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. We're having a little bit of a technical difficulties there and and brain difficulties on my on my own, but uh, we're we're going to make this work here. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, so we wanted to see who would end up being and joining the good guys, so to say, for. Uh, this matchup in war games. Uh, the next match was uh, also interesting, and I, I like how they keep the stakes coming. Uh, the Street Profits take on the Brawling Brutes and Pretty Deadly in a triple threat tag team title number one uh, contenders match. Of course, Judgment Day has the tag team belts right now, um, so that's kind of interesting. Maybe out of war games, this is the next feud that we have coming out of it. But ultimately, the Street Profits uh, defeated the Brawling Brutes and Pretty Deadly. I think that's probably the right move. Um, we've been kind of waiting for them to get a push uh, with Bobby Lashley, obviously, as their leader. And they're, they've been credible in their own right for uh, the longest time. So they get the win. They beat the Brawling Brutes and Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly, a little bit disappointing in that because they, they just um, just returned. Um, but uh, what did you think about the right decision there to, to go ahead and go with the Street Profits? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, the Street Profits probably have the most momentum out of everybody there. Um, so yeah, I think that was, you know, the, the right move. Um, they, they got built up, you know, they, they were built up for a moment, you know, being with Bobby Lashley, you know, hyped up. They're a great team. You, you can't have them lose to the brawling brutes are pretty deadly. Yeah. So it makes it, it, it does again, it makes it kind of interesting to see what they will do next there. Um, the next match was, uh, they kind of built up high flyers coming in here. It was, uh, Axiom coming from NXT to take on Dragon Lee, who they've been pushing a little bit. Um, and again, interesting enough, if you don't know really who is in, <laughs> who's involved, Dragon Lee kind of new to the, uh, to the roster, but I'll, I'll be completely honest. Mm, these are one of those popcorn matches I was kind of talking about. Um, Dragon Lee needs kind of a story. He feels, I mean, they've kind of, they've kind of built him up to be maybe this next Ray Mysterio, which they've tried before, uh, with, with folks in the past and it hasn't really worked. He needs, you know, he needs to kind of, in my mind, get involved in the Rey Mysterio feud or kind of be, uh, be, be um, among that 
for me to really have attention because right now it's just you know look at this high flying guy that looks like Rey Mysterio but isn't Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and and he's pushed pretty pretty well down there in NXT, right? Like yeah, he's, yeah, because I, I I don't watch NXT either as as much as I you know probably should have. But every time I see a promo, it's Dragon Lee, you know, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee. He looks exciting. So you know that's you know pop for filler match, but you know good for him. Um, you know I think I'm excited to see what else he can do because he doesn't look bad in the ring. So yeah. Uh, and then we went right from that to the Rey Mysterio deal with Santos Escobar. Uh, after attacking Santos or uh, Rey Mysterio last week, Santos Escobar did go to the ring, started his promo of telling why he was disappointed in his hero. Uh, Zelina Vega comes out and uh, slaps Santos Escobar uh, before the remaining members of LWO come down. Joquan Wild and Cruz del Toro uh, were both uh, hit from behind uh, by Santos Escobar. Um, before uh, Carlito came to make the save, or uh, Santos Escobar backed off. They're ready to do this on Survivor Series War Games. They're going to kind of meet and come to a meeting. Is Santos Escobar Carlito? I mean, they've built it interestingly enough for me to watch it. Like, I'd be excited if it's a next next week on SmackDown. Do you think it's premium live event worthy? Um, I don't think so. I, I think I think they waited way too long to pull the trigger on Santos Escobar. You know, turning his back on them. Um, it's going to be a good match, you know, because I think, but you know, I think Santos is, is good in the ring and Carlito, you know, he's a legend, you know, we, yeah. we, we love to watch him in there, but yeah, no, you know, SmackDown. Yes. You know, that makes sense. You know, yeah. it, can, it can be the main event, you know, because I think this is one of the, besides, you know, the judgment day story um, that's still down there, you know, this is one of the SmackDown's biggest um, stories or whatnot, but yeah, no, I, they, they shouldn't put it on a, on a premium live event. I just, <laughs> I mean, unless it's, you know, the, 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 the pre-match. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, one of them, match. or you know, maybe match like number three. You know, when people need to go to the bathroom and all that. Stuff. Yeah, but unfortunately, no. It definitely kind of sticks out. Again, maybe those fans of Carlito that haven't seen him for a long time <laughs> will stick around and want to kind of see what happens there. And they're doing their best. At least they're giving LWO something with all of mm-hmm. this, because LWO with Santos Escobar, um, other than Rey Mysterio's short United States Championship feud was kind of just kind of the other tag team they threw out there with a little bit of credibility. Of course, there was the Zelina Vega match in, in Puerto Rico. I mean, they had a moment or two, but they'd never sustained anything. Yeah. So having it kind of the infighting now turning on, at least there has to be a winner out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and and I keep bringing this up. You know, the LWO had like the hottest selling merchandise for like over the summer. You know, WWE just waited too long to really do anything with them because honestly, until you put it here on the paper... I didn't know who the other two members' names were. Yeah. I drew a blank. You know, it's just, they're just kind of there. And Selena Vega, too, like you said, you know, she had her time. She had a women's title. She's kind of playing, you know, a big role here, smacking Escobar, you know, saying she's disappointed. But, you know, other than Rey Mysterio, it's, it's, it's kind of just been, you know, those two. Yeah. So. Uh, we move on to that to another popcorn match. Grayson Waller <laughs> defeated Cameron Grimes. Uh, this is kind of, it's kind of weird. I'm not, a, I mean, I like Grayson Waller. I like Austin Theory. And Austin Theory did the distraction at ringside and helped beat Cameron Grimes, who I don't think has won since he's been on the main roster. So how much does that help? Well, yeah, that did. <laughs> let me correct myself. He came out and beat, uh, oh, who was that? Um, he came out and had a win in like under five seconds to basically bury Baron Corbin to oh, NXT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's, the, and I was thinking when they did that, I was like, man, that's a quite a, I mean, that's, quite a rub they're giving Cameron yeah. Grimes. And since then they've done absolutely nothing with it besides have him lose. Um, but in any case, 
Um, a little bit disappointed, like the, the big trade we've been waiting for for months. Um, it felt like years, but I think it was maybe weeks or months um, was eventually KO to go back over to yeah. to SmackDown. And I thought they would have something for him in there. And I like, again, Grayson Waller in Austin Theory. I think maybe there's something there. But this feud doesn't feel hot. And it's it, I, it's just kind of a disappointing way to bring in KO, who was right in the middle. I mean, would have been in the War Games good team, you know, uh, um, if, if he wasn't moved over to SmackDown. Yeah, and weird because Grayson Waller was kind of one of the hot, you know, I mean, he had a show, you know, John Cena, all that stuff. Austin Theory, obviously, you know, champion and everything there. But, yeah, it feels like just kind of possibly throwing KO in there. Just that, it's not a good feud for him, you know, because even though KO really cooled off after winning the, the tag team titles with Sami Zayn, you know, I feel like they're, you know, their names really cooled off there. He's still one of the, the bigger names, you know, in the WWE. And to kind of feud him with these two, you know, it, it or put him in this, it, it just doesn't really make all that sense. Yeah, and I mean, they've got to do something to kind of heat that up. We'll see. I think they had him. Um, I think he was like technically suspended from this week's SmackDown because he hit somebody on ringside. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't remember what it was. Uh, but again, it's not interestingly interesting enough for me uh, quite yet. We'll see what they can do there. You know, were you impressed with KO punching two guys? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it's funny enough for, yeah, for it, a segment. But. You know, that that's the thing. KO can deliver. You know, he, he can be a heel. He, he, can come, he can sometimes be a baby face. I think he's better as a heel, but man, he can. The cartoon stuff, the comedy, I, I think he's he's top-notch at that. Yeah. Um, so we move on from there. L.A. Knight interrupted Paul Heyman, who was out there bragging about Solo's victory over John Cena. Of course, Solo with him, uh, and Knight vowed to make the bloodline cease to exist. Uh, I believe Knight, uh, I can't remember if he challenged Jimmy Uso or if that match was just ready to go, but they ended up having the match, uh, and uh, L.A. Knight gets the win. BFT uh, to beat Jimmy Uso, of course, shortly after. Um, the attack came from the outside as Solo joined in to start beating on L.A. Knight. Then you have uh, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes make the save. Um, and uh, so, again, kind of strange that Cody Rhodes is, is, is like looking over L.A. Knight's back, yeah. yet they don't include him in War Games without having him have anything else to do. Um, maybe if war games, they had, you know, solo against LA Knight, something like that would have, would have probably helped the card a little bit. Um, but for right now, LA Knight's just on the list of, of, of a long list. And maybe he's the top, um, of that list of guys that just are frustrated with the bloodline and going after the bloodline. He's going to continue doing that, but, we, and I know we have a difference in opinion on the kind of the push that they did for yeah. LA Knight. Um, I felt like they could have made it a little more natural. They pretty much just gave him the John Cena rub and then, okay, all of a sudden, okay, now he's good enough to, uh, to fight Roman Reigns. And they had a good enough match. Um, but I feel like, to me, LA Knight's lost a little bit of yeah. steam. And maybe it was because it was, I don't want to say too early, but it just didn't feel natural to me the way he kind of earned his opportunity. And now he feels like he was robbed. And I don't know. I, I, part of it, too, is just watching him, like it's fun to cheer for the guy to get to the top, but yeah. when he's in the top, then you're kind of kind of trying to break down what he's doing. And I'm still not overly impressed with his in-ring work. He's fine. Doesn't stand out. Um, it, obviously the, getting the crowd involvement and stuff like that, he's yeah. top notch at right now, but I don't know. I just don't feel like LA Knight is quite where he was pre getting the rub from John Cena. Well, I think one of the issues is, is he's feuding with the bloodline and Roman Reigns isn't there. So, you know, he, yeah. he's feuding with Jimmy who, Send 
they split the Usos, what what was the match that Jimmy won? You know, he hasn't won on a match. And Solo, you know, Solo's great, but Solo doesn't say anything. Right. You know, Solo's kind of just the force. And then you got Paul Heyman, who, you know, is a comedy act. He's great. Don't, don't have Roman Reigns to, you know, go against people. It really devalues, you know, everything that you're trying to do. So LA Knight, I feel like, has lost a lot because he's, he's essentially... You know, he's just in a feud bloodline, but it's 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 Jimmy and Solo. You know, it's not it's not as hot as it should be. And when I watched his uh his match against Roman, I thought that was really disappointing because it it, it was textbook. You knew what was going to happen. You know, there was yeah. never truly a moment where you thought L.A. Knight was going to win during that match. And then the interference happened. You know, he he kind of loses out of nowhere. They essentially killed you know every every bit of momentum he had with that. Um, because he only confronted Roman Reigns what like twice, yeah, before he even got that match. So, like you said, it was very rushed. I still love the fact that he got you know an opportunity at it, but you know now now it's like there, there's nowhere for him because unless you know they have a surprise for us or you know somebody else joins, you know the the Judgment Day Bloodline type thing at War Games, you know LA's just just left off. You know there there there's no place for him, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird because they also, I mean, obviously they've kind of done that with Cody for the longest yep. time is just kind of have him be around feuds, but not the primary source of the feuds. And I mean, they'll throw him in at any time, you know, main events. We've seen it left and right yeah. against Judgment Day. But um, there is kind of this cooling off. Like, remember, <laughs> was it Seth Rollins that after he beat, I can't remember whose title reign it was, but after they beat you, um, you were just kind of, you were, had a tough time getting up and, yeah. and containing any momentum you kind of feel those, that same way to a degree uh, with what's going on, on with Roman Reigns. And I think, too, like you said, part of it is he's just not there enough yeah. um, that you can't get your vengeance. But on the opposite side, that's the story they're telling throughout the, the for both locker rooms. The whole company is somebody needs to get a, a victory, get the yeah. belt off of Roman. Um, so it, it's just kind of interesting. And for what it's worth, I do think they've positioned Solo Sokoa, that victory over um, John Cena and, and how vicious it was. Um, I think they've positioned him better than he's ever been. Yeah. So at least I think even, even him as a draw to SmackDown, it's interesting. I'm excited for it. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a Samoa Joe esque type yeah. of character. And I always like that. Um, but what they did with Samoa Joe that they have to be careful of is you, you can't have, if, if he's the big bad guy that is the enforcer, you can't have, have him lose because yeah. Joe, as opposed to Sokoa's, was really good on the mic. And I always thought very highly of Samoa Joe and thought they could have done more with him. But he was always talking the biggest trash game. He, he looked the part, and then he would lose any major yeah. chance that he got. Yeah, and and another thing, too, is, and I hate to say this because John Cena is one of my top three, you know, favorite. I feel like right now a win over Cena just isn't as valuable as it used to be. I mean, yes, you're still beating one of the greatest to ever do it. But I think I saw a stat where John Cena hasn't won a match since like 2020 or 2021 yeah. or something like they that. They were they were running with the stat, yeah. which was interesting too, um, because it does it did you know take away a little yeah, bit from it. it. It's just like how how does Solo come up from that? You know, how does he really build on that when you're like you said, you know, selling the fact that John Cena hasn't won a match in like two years? You know, it's yeah. like you know you got it there and um, on there and 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 one other thing I got to point out, I know you like Cody Rhodes, you know, and I'm okay with him. I think he's great. But man, I am getting tired of him. Just like I'm getting tired of kind of the raw main event. He is everywhere. He's he's always included in things. You know, like you said, there. We know 
he might be one of the challengers for Roman Reigns yeah. you know, at WrestleMania. And they're really trying to get that point across. So I think they're really trying to get the fan base to fall in love with him, which, you know, he always gets a pop and everything, but man, and he just, he's everywhere. And, <laughs> and, you know, as someone who wasn't a hundred percent behind, you know, them pushing him right away. And, you know, I think he's great. Like you said, I think he's great. I think his entrance is fun. He's great in the ring. He's great for the WWE. He's great. All that Just something just doesn't, I can't get over Stardust. Um, that, that's one of the things is I can't get over Stardust. And and I know when you could see me on camera, I was rocking a mustache that he used to, but like that whole yeah. pretty boy, you know, where he hurt his face and, you know, that, I just can't get <laughs> over those. Yes, it, 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 it's just like you, you, you can't get over those. You know, this is a guy they're pushing. And I know, you know, you start from the bottom to the top, but man, I just, I just can't get those out of my, you know, out of my mind when, when now I see him as this blonde, you know, american you know nightmare type thing i'm just like man this is a guy that we're pushing now i'm like okay kind of worse than like when drew mcintyre came back and you got to try to remember that he was part of that 3mb or oh, yeah, gender yeah. mahal and yeah. all that stuff and it's like you, you can't really take this guy that serious <laughs> well I, I i think it's interesting because i think I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with you there like whenever it's time for somebody to make the save and it's cody it's just like we've seen this mm-hmm. like all the time where I'm, I'm tired of seeing it um, but again, I, we have to remember that some of the wrestling and, and some of what works the best, you know, you're talking about kids and, yeah. and just overall entertainment purposes. Um, he is as as baby face as you can get right now and as over in that role as as you can get. So um, I don't think it's necessarily his, you know, involving himself over and over and over in the matches for the Internet wrestling community, which yeah. we are a part of that, which will break down and, and try to find new angles and and want to see something fresh. He's just, you know, top baby face making the save. The crowd will yeah. pop every time. And with that, I would say the same thing about how we how we how we wrapped up Smackdown here, where Becky Lynch emerged to join Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair and Shotzi for the War Games match against Damage Control. Um, They're kind of telling the story throughout the night of who are they going to find. Damage Control was beating up um, people that you obviously wouldn't choose to be (laughs) part of your team. But nevertheless, they were trying to say they're beating up the roster. So they had to go and and go over to Raw and borrow Becky Lynch. Uh, Charlotte Flair had to make the call uh, and she showed up. But I was it's the same thing that you were just talking about to me. And I love Becky Lynch. I love her. The man character. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they've turned her back to face. But what she's doing right now is just. And, and, and we'll get to this in Raw as well, is she's just kind of like putting over other talents and stuff like that. And, that, yeah. and that's fine. It's, it's interesting enough, but it's not it's not what she could be. You have to kind of re- remember where she was, you know, kind of when she returned from the broken nose that Nia yeah. Jax gave her. And she was just on top of the world there with this character. And now she's just top baby face woman to make the save. Yeah. Un- unstoppable force when... A part of her story and why it was easy to get behind her and kind of think is, is that she's not like physically overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and they kind of have her kind of in this just spot of like unbeatable baby face that I'm not. I, I it's it's the Cody Rhodes thing to you. Well, it's also uh, she's going super Cena right now is essentially right. That's what's going on. Remember, it was like what 2007 through like 2011, <laughs> like John Cena just couldn't be pinned. Yes. No matter what it was, five, five on one, you know, one on ten. It was Randy Orton versus John Cena versus the whole Raw SmackDown. They won. <laughs> you know, that's right, essentially yeah. what's going on. And and can we, since since we're on the topic here, can we just say how weak that introduction for Becky Lynch was to the team? She just comes out of nowhere. No pop. You know, there was a pop, yeah. obviously. They, I thought that was, was very weak. If you're, you know, she's supposed to be like the biggest, you know, women's 
star and they it's like oh yeah oh, oh you know they're they're yeah. in trouble up here she comes from the back you hear the crowd and that's that was kind of it well and it's it's kind of because they overdid this on raw and smackdown where you have the war games teams or the traditional survivor series teams brawling before yeah. eventually you get to see it in a ring at the survivor series and and that can be all good and fun. And again, that's where the book knows happened for yeah. Becky Lynch yeah. at one point. But it's just it's so predictable. It's and it and it doesn't mean anything at a certain point where it's like at you know there are some match matches that build up and you're like I want to see yeah. this happen in the ring. And Survivor Series has never been that. It's always these guys are brawling out of control. Yeah. Wait till we yep. can get them in the yep. ring. And they tell that story every year. So you're doing this brawl. And it's supposed to have this kind of more more of a of a kind of a big moment to it. That I think that they're trying to imply is that like this is a preview to the premium live event. When as a WWE fan, I'm sitting back going, this was as predictable yeah. as every other pre you know, lead up to um, Survivor Series. So her returning without any music and just kind of being there, like coming out of the crowd type of situation, which they didn't get a good angle on it or yeah, anything. Nope. She just kind of came from behind the ropes. Um, I agree with you. The presentation wasn't great, um, and maybe I I didn't maybe I was I, I didn't notice that as much because I was just disappointed it was yeah. Becky Lynch. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is interesting too to note with that team, um, it's very clear that they've got some heavy hitters in Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, uh, and and now um, and now Becky Lynch, and then there's Shotzi, <laughs> which is is clear it's good i mean somebody's trying to get a rub out of it trying to be elevated she's got this kind of crazy character she's always you know the tank her entrance has been has been good but she's never got the push to feel quite on their level uh and she's just not and so it's 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 kind of this weird she was kind of feuding with damage control here here and there but not overwhelmingly it was like like a, a leading feud it's just i'm glad to see the opportunity but it just feels odd because she she sticks out like a sore thumb yeah and i bet you a soda she's either the first one to get pinned mm. or she makes it to the end and she gets like the surprise victory over everybody it's going to be one of those two things yeah. either she's the afterthought or kind of like Dolph ziggler you know when it was that oh, yeah, that yeah. john cena versus the authority you know you don't expect, you know, everybody gets eliminated. It's like one versus three. And then, you know, they come out. I, I There's there's no sting to come, you know, save Shotzi yeah. if that happens. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think it's because if I don't know how much you're in tune with like YouTube and all that, mm-hmm. but Shotzi like started her own channel and I guess it's it's doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're doing good things. So maybe that's the reason why she's, you know, getting pushed so much. Um, but no, I agree with you. And then kind of the look she has is just a lot different from the other, you know, you know, the other ones. And, you know, I got tattoos and all that stuff, you know, and all that great stuff. But yeah, she just, she really, really sticks out as being different from yeah. the group. Um, And she, I hate it because I, I do like her character. She is not great in the ring. Like when they had her in solo, like matches earlier in the year, she botches so much. So, you know, she's getting a great opportunity here because she's working with what, three, three of the, you know, great women wrestlers right now. So, you know, she's got to take this opportunity and she's got to run with it. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do appreciate the look, but she feels she looks like a mid Carter from the Attitude yep, Era. Yep. <laughs> which I, I, I seriously appreciate that because I like that era of wrestling. Um, but uh, you know, I think she maybe could be the mid Carter of the current era because I don't. I like you said, I mean, she's got to be. She's got to either really shine or really fail yeah. uh, to really stand out at all. Otherwise, what's the point of having her in here to begin with? Like, if yep. she takes the pin, it's like, well, okay, that's 
should yeah. be expected. She would be the most likely among that group to take the pin. Yep. So. And, I, and I know we're going to get to this a little bit later, but you know, you look at it that way on the damage control side, who do you think takes that first pin? I think the interesting thing would be Bailey. Yeah. 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 Um, for Bailey to, to, to continue to tell that story. There's also the chance and with these war games too, that somebody turns on each yeah. other in like, you know, against the team. Um, which I'm interested to see. We've already said Randy Orton's coming back. Yeah. Like maybe that could be, I mean, that would be huge if he just RKO'd Cody out of nowhere, <laughs> you know, that would just be insane. Um, but I think I, between the two matches, I think there's just a lot of opportunity for that. Obviously they're telling in within the judgment yeah. day, like there's dissension with oh, yeah. Drew McIntyre. And so that's like the expected one, but they usually don't go with the expected yeah. one. Uh, I think they could get a very surprising turn within war games. I think you got to continue telling like building EO sky. Yeah. So I think if anybody, if they do win, I hope EO sky gets that, gets that the, kind of the, the standout closing yeah. victory or whatever, the closing pen. This is nuclear heat on 93, seven, the ticket. Uh, we went over SmackDown. We are looking, we're reading and looking into the matchups um, going up into war games, survivor series. Uh, and and um, on Saturday, so we don't have to wait long. Uh, again, we are we're in a new brick building here, <laughs> and just kind of testing it out. Still working out the kinks, um, but uh, that's why it looks like we've got some sort of uh, contraption in front of us. But we both got mics, and that's the most important thing. And you can see us on the screen. Uh, so we will continue rolling with it. Uh, Drew McIntyre comes out and Raw and explains why he cost Jay Uso. I might stand up. It looks like. <laughs> No, uh, looks and, and so uh, Drew McIntyre came out explained why he cost Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes the undisputed WWE tag team titles. Uh, McIntyre uh, will join force with the Judgment Day. We saw that in the close of the previous Raw, uh, and the Survivor Series opponents are, are forced to find a fifth member, uh, as we saw from this opening segment. And I think it's interesting because uh, obviously the previous week was when Drew McIntyre turned heel, but it was it's still like a half halfway heel to me yeah. because he's still he's kind of in the middle of just kind of telling his own story of wanting his revenge on the bloodline and part of that is obviously Jay Uso has turned face so he's kind of in this heel spot and he's doing everything he can to get his hands on any of the Usos or, or Roman Reigns and he gets his hands on Jay Uso here but I think they did a misstep in having this match this payoff match tonight I think that if they were telling the story of Jay Uso and and Drew McIntyre and just wanting to get at each other one way or the other. Um, that would have been interesting going into war games. You could have a moment where, you know, one of the guys comes in and is released, ready to go after the other one and just completely annihilates him, which I'm sure they'll continue to do. Um, but it won't quite have the brevity of, as it would if they didn't uh, face off in, in, the, in this, in this night, but it was, it was announced that the, it, it, that they would meet up, not necessarily those two guys, but each team would have to choose a member to fight uh, and uh, and the winner would have the advantage in war games, yep. uh, which is you know it can be two on one at times, three on two, that sort of thing. Yeah. And they ended up going with the Jey Uso Drew McIntyre. Did you kind of feel this the same the same way? Did, did you feel like this uh, was? I don't know. And even the, even like the the matchup when they show the graphic feels it just felt a little light to me to see Jey Uso and Drew McIntyre and and took away the heat of why Drew McIntyre is even there to begin with. Because now on Jey Uso. No, yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. I thought it was, it's just an interesting choice. You know, kind of, it feels like they almost panicked. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be looking at you. That's, that's right. Yeah, we can look at the camera. Little, yeah, I'm just going to be <laughs> staring at everybody over here. Um, 
But, you know, I, I thought it's a little weird. It's almost like they panicked. You know, they couldn't figure out who to bring on, you know, because the Judgment Day has so many members. You know, it feels like, you know, that, that you know, and then adding another one, it, it just it just doesn't mesh for me um, on there. And, you know, everybody has problems with the bloodline. You know, everybody, it seems like every big star, you know, had an issue with them. Um, I don't know. I just, this this one just isn't hitting as much. You know, it'll it'll be fine, you know, because Drew is now, you know, he's, he's, he is a great wrestler, you know, so it'll be it'll be fine seeing all this. But yeah, no, I'm with you there. I just I just don't like this as much. Now the good thing is that they did turn Drew McIntyre heel because he yeah. was quite he was on that Becky Lynch Cody Rhodes yeah. uh too too baby face for too long type of situation. Um but I do think it is intriguing to to continue to see he's still got some baby face aspects to him where the sword. I was I was interested yeah. to see if he's gonna bring the sword out. That's not necessarily something you want a heel to have because then he should use it. Yeah. And you can't use that sword. So can't, can't cut people in half. Right. So that was kind of uh, that. I, I noted that I was looking specifically looking to see if he'd bring the sword out. And then he still did the Claymore click uh, countdown, basically, um, which is very much a, a, a face thing to do to kind of get the crowd involvement going. Yeah. So he's he feels like he's kind of in that midway unpredictable spot, which they had, a, again, a lot of success with those characters in the Attitude Era. Um, they've kind of gone away from that at times. Um, but I kind of like him being there where you don't you don't know what to expect next from him. Um, but I, I do think that it, they can, they should continue to kind of turn him into this ultimate heel, yeah. um, which doesn't make sense for his, his, his wish to eventually collide with Roman Reigns yeah. again, um, because then that would be two heels. So I, I'm interested to see where they go with it at least. And I think he's better at least for now on the heels side. Um, match coming up next was Raquel Rodriguez and Nia, Nia Jax. These girls were talking trash in the back. And, and so they were, they were given a match. Uh, that was the previous week. Now, given the match this week, this is a match between maybe the, the, the two biggest threats, uh, just overall size, physicality, the two biggest uh, gals on the roster. And, and, and in just that case, I mean, I'm always the land. I'm a fan of, uh, of the Giants, I have to admit. Uh, and so in that, in that reason, I thought maybe this, was, uh, this would, could be something that you could build up to a premium live event as well. Um, but uh, I kind of like it, and I don't know if they're going to continue it. I, I love when they have just one-offs of two, two uh, singles competitors that you don't know what their plans are because they both kind of could use a put. So uh, this, this matchup, what I liked about it was very much I didn't know who was going to win. And, and oftentimes in WWE, obviously, you kind of have a pretty good idea of who's going to get the victory. Um, but this one was good. They kind of told the story throughout it uh, that Raquel Rodriguez couldn't quite lift Nia Jax. And I think... That's why we're going to see a continuation of this feud because it will really uh, put over when she finally does pick her up and slam her. Uh, but the irresistible force eventually crashed down on her opponent with the Annihilator off the ropes for the victory. I know you don't like uh, Nia Jax's in-ring work because she hurts a lot of people. Yeah. I was a little bit worried about that when she <laughs> threw Raquel Rodriguez like, back first in the post because it looked pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I, I love Nia Jax as as the dominator. She hurts people too much probably to push her o- overly with that. But um, I love the outcome of this match. And I, I admit it, we just different opinion. I love Nia Jax. No, 100%. I'm not a Nia Jax fan. I will say, I think it was two weeks ago, she confronted Becky Lynch. Is my favorite Nia Jax segment ever, where <laughs> they were talking trash to each other. Nia Jax like, oh, yeah, I broke your nose. And then Becky Lynch comes back. It's like, oh, yeah, I won that triple threat main event. And you ended up getting fired. So how'd that work out for you? <laughs> that was pretty I good. was like... I'm clapping, by the way, Um, and that. But, you know, I thought this was a fine match. It it is fun to see two big, how do I say it? Um, 
respectfully. It's wrestling. You can say okay. Giants. Yeah, okay, Giants, <laughs> yes. Two two Giants on the women's side, um, you know, muscular, you know, um, women there, you know, going at it like that. I, I thought it was fine. You know, I thought it was a good match. Um, it was funny to see her try to pick her up. Um, you know, I, I do hope they, like you said, build on it to where she eventually can, you know, do something, you know, uh, throw her off like that. But I don't, I don't get why you'd give Nia Jax this win when Raquel, I feel like is, is kind of more of your, can be your money maker. You know, she has kind of more of the potential to actually dethrone, um, Rhea Ripley, which she's on, you know, she's untouchable as well. Um, when you mention it. So I was a little curious on this. I, I don't think this is the last we'll see of this. And, you know, they've been feuding with, you know, Raquel and um, uh, Shayna. Yeah, yep, Shayna. Yep. Um, to kind of be in that title picture. So, you know, next week, Nia Jax versus uh, Shayna Baszler is, is more than likely it. And Raquel will come out and, you know, interrupt that match. So predicting it now. Uh, then we move on. It was Becky Lynch defeating uh, Zia Lee. Um, again, this is just kind of Becky Lynch's tour of defeating undercarded <laughs> women, which... I, I guess you're. I guess the 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 hope is to go over without or get over without going over, basically, which is you know put on a good match and against a, a Becky Lynch to prove your worth. If you can't work with Becky uh, and you're a mid Carter, then maybe your days are going to be yeah. numbered. So it, I I thought they did a good enough job there, but I wasn't completely interested because what is this the third or fourth match she's had mm-hmm. against somebody that I know she's going to defeat. Um, and maybe it's all going to lead up for some surprise victory at some point if she continues doing this. But Zia Lee just didn't have any momentum. They just kind of brought her out of her nowhere and, and was like, she, she's mad. she wants her shot at Becky Lynch, yeah. which is fine because, again, that's what they're telling. But it, it wasn't enough of a story for me to believe that Zia Lee had much of a shot here. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. You know, just, just no direct, you know, we talked about it. You know, Becky Lynch is now going to be in the war games and then she's doing this. You know, it's kind of like they're using her for everything. Um I mean, Becky Lynch is one of the best workers, you know, out there. So, so it is good to give these, you know, ladies an opportunity. But man, these are such filler matches. Yeah. Um, and you know, with Raw being three hours, we discussed this. You know, you, you can do something with probably your biggest, you know, women star, you know, woman star out there. You you can put her against, you know, against somebody that might actually beat her. Um, because as you said, I mean, Zia Lee, I don't really know who she was. You know, just kind of coming out and oh, let's see what she can do. Yeah, yeah. So not 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 too exciting there. By no. by the way, again, uh, this whole show was kind of who who is going to be a pit, the final pick on the good guys side. We've already announced uh, here. We're not spoiling for you that Randy Orton ultimately yeah. was the the one they went with. But they did have a, a few different segments backstage uh, with Drew McIntyre uh, confronting Judgment Day um, and and basically trying to get his way and force his way into that match because mm-hmm. it was originally. Um, they they didn't want they didn't necessarily feel that that way. Um, obviously, uh, Mr. Money in the Bank or, or Senor Money in the Bank, Damian Priest wanted to to be the the, the guy to handle that match. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, again, McIntyre won, so there won't be any dissension with that. But I just love those little uh, those little deals they have backstage because they <laughs> they, they just ha- have these little details in basically the Judgment Day locker room, like the Rey Mysterio yeah. mask hanging up. I just absolutely love it. And they also had Zoe Stark and Shayna Baylor, uh, Baszler break in, uh, which was kind of interesting. Uh, not not like forcefully. They were just yeah. sitting there when Rhea Ripley came back. And uh, it was it made for the confrontation between Zoe Stark and Rhea Ripley before their match, which Zoe Stark is kind of in the middle between a baby face and a heel, too, uh, as we mention it. I don't give her much of a chance. We'll talk about our, our predictions later. 
Um, but that I, I thought that was kind of interesting because especially for a lead up show to the premium live event, uh, a backstage like Rhea Ripley showing signs of respect <laughs> to her opponent who broke into her locker room. It was just, it was just kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know where they're going with Rhea on all this because they don't, they don't use her to like her full ability. Um, in my opinion, you know, when besides, you know, a title match, when was the last time she wrestled or, you know, really got into a, a real confrontation. So yeah, she, she's kind of like that, you know, she's a heel, you know, she's, she's, a, yeah. she's a top heel, but she doesn't act like a top heel. Like you said, you know, she shows her opponent's respect. She's trying to woo every guy into the judgment day. Um, you know, that, that, that's kind of her role right now. And she yeah. just happens to have that title. Well, and it's weird because they have this whole, there's no leaders in the judgment day. Damien Priest uh, announced that he was the leader yeah. when he got worked up the other day. And he feels like, at least on the men's side of Judgment Day, the leader uh, of that. But overall, it, it, it's pretty clear um, that who's calling the shots in Judgment Day. And it's Rhea Ripley. And she's like going out and recruiting and, and getting, like you said, different people involved. And Damien Priest is just kind of back like, I don't want any, I don't trust anybody to join the Judgment Day. So he had like this longest battle with uh, McDonough. But it's interesting. I'm going to say this. We've talked about it. I hope and pray. Randy Orton RKO's her. That'd be the greatest Ooh. thing if we saw that at War Games since he's coming back. He is the one man that is not afraid to RKO anybody, regardless <laughs> of gender, regardless of anything. He's going to RKO you. So that would be her come up. You know, because she's always getting involved in their matches. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be interesting. And, and that is that is something I somehow didn't think about is that obviously she <laughs> will get involved at some point in the War Games match. So um, I suppose, I guess... You would think that her championship match would go on earlier in the night, and they yeah. might finish that uh, with it with that that the men's war games that they have probably be the uh, the go away uh, match there uh, at war games or or it's funny because I just call it war games now even though it, it they they have it uh, labeled war games at Survivor yeah. Series. Survivor Series is just kind of overshadowed by war games. So yeah, no, yeah. no, it's it. I didn't even honestly. I thought this premium live event was called War Games until it was mentioned that it's still Survivor Series. Yeah. Because, you know, like you said, they don't have that traditional five-on-five five anymore, brand versus brand. It's war games. Which I think you're right, too, and I didn't think about this, because they have to pay off the two um, commissioners of each brand kind of going at each other, and I don't know what that... You would think that would be at two, you know, this would be the time to pay it off is at is maybe SmackDown will get an idea of what that is, or just definitely at the event where I could see, like you're saying, maybe get get a random group of five people together and, and, and fight it out or um, basically say, here's my guy versus your guy tonight. Yeah. It's not a champion or champion match, but it's going to, it's going to depend on this one who, who is brand is superior, which still wouldn't make any sense because the war games match would outshatter whatever, yeah. outshadow whatever match they put on there, but we'll see what they do there. They do have those uh, each commissioner feuding. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Johnny Gargano defeated Ludwig. Kaiser. Um, this was due to interference from Ludwig Kaiser's own Vinci, uh, yeah. who, who was told to stay away from ringside. He ended up coming uh, to ringside and distracting Ludwig Kaiser. Um, and then, so Johnny Gargano gets a much-needed win. D DIY has not uh, performed well since <laughs> since getting together. No. I don't know how you feel about them either. They're obviously very big names on SmackDown. They're just diminutive stature yeah. Um, really is always going to hold them back, I believe. Um, there's only so many. I mean, the Ray Mysterio story is great, but if every, every small guy is doing it, it's not much of a story. And, yeah, and I just don't sure. know if, I don't know what the future holds for those guys. But this was, this was more about Imperium mm -hmm. and kind of the implosion going on there. Um, and it was later in the night that uh, the Ring General uh, came and, and, and basically said that he supported 
uh, Vinci for coming out there, even, Lud in, even though Ludwig Kaiser told him not to. So kind of interesting. Kaiser is very much kind of become that second member of Imperium. Yeah. Um, he's even stood out enough oh, that I remember they ran a promo for just him. Yep. Um, and so you, you wonder if his breakaway is going to come and maybe he could eventually be the one that takes down Gunther. I think that would be at least interesting. I don't know if it would, would happen because he's Kaiser is obviously naturally going to be a better heel than he yeah. is a face. Um, so I don't know necessarily how they'll go about that, but do you, do you see Imperium breaking up as is soon? Oh yeah. And uh, if you would have told me that it's, it's Ludwig instead of Vinci getting booted or being, you know, falling out of, out of Gunther's favor, I would have, I would have called you crazy because, you know, they were just a couple months ago, the, the way they were telling it was, you know, as you said, Ludwig was the big number two and Vinci couldn't buy a win. You know, they were yeah. saying, you know, we might have to shake this up. We have to shake this up. And now they flip it hundred percent and it's, you know, Kaiser out there, you know, losing and then Vinci, you know, being in his favor for some reason. I mean, unless I miss something, yeah. he hasn't <laughs> done anything, you know, to really be in his favor um, there. But I think I think a big implosion is coming soon. And man, once again, Kaiser kind of had a big star on him. You know, he, he was great on the ring. He was hot. They ran that promo, you know, the promos for him and they didn't do anything with it. And now maybe, you know, they ran that story a little bit too long and there's going to not be as big of a payoff. Yeah, I do kind of feel that too. They've kind of waited around with him, unless, and at least if they, if it kind of depends on what their plans are. If they were, they, I think that either one of two things, they should get this break off going so that we can get the, the payoff to all this. Yeah. Or they should just build Ludwig back up because Ludwig uh, Kaiser, along with uh, uh, Gunther, is like, that's like if you break up Imperium and just keep Vinci around with, yeah. with Gunther, you might as well just get him, yeah. get rid of him as well. But the Kaiser and 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 and, and Guther pairing, um, or at least having Kaiser as you know, kind of the heel to come in, and, and if if Guther ever needs it, um, that that could always be interesting too. But obviously, with Guther, they're not telling the story of needing uh, these guys outside of brawls or things that break yeah. out. Is that he's kind of the, the over dominant champion? Um, so I don't know. Kind of interesting to see where that goes. I'm a big fan of Ludo Kaiser, mm -hmm. um, and I'm interested in his gimmick. Uh, to see if that if you know his current character could get over, so we'll we'll kind of see there. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, Tegan Knox and Natalia become the WWE Women's Tag Team Title Number One Contenders. Uh, they had a fatal four way match uh, where Knox uh, rolled through and picked up the quick pin to secure a future match against Piper Niven and Chelsea Green, who are at ringside. The only reason why I didn't bring up the other competitors is because I don't know who any of them are. Uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> there's no, just this influx of a bunch of NXT talents that they've pushed onto the main roster. Uh, some of them have purple hair. Some of them have blue hair. Um, but I don't know any of their, their stories. They're just all kind of put together. So this match was kind of like, hey, we have a women's tag team roster. Look, we've got, we could put four teams out there. But at the same time, not only do I not care about those four teams, I don't care about Piper Niven and Chelsea Green because as, as, since Piper Niven's joined Chelsea Green, as opposed to Sonya Deville, who there was forced to take out because of injury, that, that belt and even that championship, Championship team doesn't have a whole lot of oomph to it. Chelsea's still good in her role, yeah. but I'm just not interested all that much in Piper Niven or anybody involved in this match. I was I was gonna say you got to put some respect on on Chelsea Green. She is really playing that comedy Karen role to. I think I think she out of everybody you mentioned, she's gonna be elevated once this is all said and done because I think she's proven she can play that character. They're gonna run with it. But I told you from the beginning, why Piper Niven? Mm -hmm. You know, is that even still her name? It, it might be. Um, <laughs> she's not doing anymore. She, does, she doesn't do anything. She just took the title. And then you're telling me that you've got Natalia 
Tegan Knox are your best you can give for, you know, like you said, it's they have a tag team division. In my mind, I'm I was sitting here like, no, no, you really don't. You know, you have a bunch <laughs> of women that, you know, have no direction and you can put them together, but that's the sad part is there aren't really any established tag teams, you know, that do anything, you know, that can do anything because they, you know, when when something good happens, they break them up, somebody gets injured, you know, so that that's always unfortunate there. But yeah, that you you forget that the women tag team titles are are around because you know when was the last time that Piper Neven or Chelsea Green even defended them? You know they're yeah. they're, they're just there. They're a comedy act. They're they're you know you got Chelsea Green. I think has been doing some solo competitions, but she's losing every time too. Um, so th- there's really nothing there for any of this. Yeah, I mean because the, right when they had even when they had Chelsea Green and and uh, Sonya win, they had them like immediately go against like the top single yep. stars it was and buried them right away and, and that was that was a poor decision in my mind uh, you know if they wanted to kind of get this thing over and chelsea green is just so good at it now she is she kind of reminds me of the miz in a way that she yeah. could continue to take as many pins as needed and still be over and she can go in the ring so it's yeah. like you can see that she you know so she's kind of got that to her which is surprising because it's not like she's got this long-standing great run like the miz yeah. has had but that's just kind of how i feel about her um but you know, Natalia's like the ever, she's been lost without a direction for 12 years. I mean, like, I, and they just kind of throw her in, and now she's with Tegan Knox. and I could care less if Tegan Knox and Natalia become champions over Piper yeah. Niven and Chelsea Green. If they do, great. Maybe we'll get a little spotlight on Tegan Knox and, and Natalia. but I couldn't imagine them having some major run. Um, they've just got a lot of work to do in the women's tag team uh, division. To their credit, though, Fatal 4 women. Matches are awesome. So yeah, no, they <laughs> yeah, are. Can, they can, are. Yeah. But you have no idea who any of you know who eight yeah. out of the ten you know competitors are. So you're kind of like, oh, I from the beginning when Natalia came out, I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, <laughs> I was like, Natalia's about to get another title shot. She's gonna say she she earned it. She deserved it. All that stuff with no no you know no knocks to Natalia back in 2010 2011. She was yeah. good. You know she was carrying that division with the Bella Twins who. Oh, I probably shouldn't even mention them because I think they're banned from WWE right now. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it it's that was what thirteen years ago. Yeah. So, and you're still trying to push her. I mean, or you're giving her a spotlight. I mean, it, I I don't know. I don't know on that one. <laughs> She's always good for when they go to Canada to get a pop because they always will feature her in a big match in Canada and then and then she'll disappear. Yep. Um, yep. So it's, it's kind of funny. Every, everybody gets the hometown loving. <laughs> That's right. Bit, no matter who you are. Um, we moved on from there. We mentioned the Miz there. Uh, he came out and uh, was was uh, basically going to have a confrontation with Intercontinental Champion Gunther. Um, and I really liked what they did here. Gunther was kind of breaking down the Miz, calling him Mike, kind of bring you back to <laughs> reality show uh, Mike Mazarian or whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, I only know him as the Miz now. But um, so Gunther started bullying him, uh, which obviously he's bigger than him. He can do. And the Miz, who's now a face, uh, hit a low blow yeah, <laughs> to get a gain of the advantage, and then hit a skull crushing finale, which the Miz can do. So it's, it, I think it was a good reminder of like, okay, Miz is babyface now, um, and so you wouldn't expect that sort of thing. Yeah. But it was kind of a, a good reminder of like, hey, this is still the Miz, yep, <laughs> and so you got to watch out for what's going to happen here. Uh, and it was just, I just love this all together. Gunther does a great job. Um, I mean, he's come such a far way in getting the crowd reaction of being that bully. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he just did a really good job. He had a few uh, lines there that made me chuckle. 
Um, and, uh, and again, I like, I like heels. So I was natu- <laughs> I naturally like Gunther, but, um, this, this did make the Miz what they needed to do. This made yeah. the Miz feel a lot more credible going into this match. No. Yeah. And I agree. And you're always shocked when a baby face does something like that. But as you said, it's the Miz. So, so you know, with that being the Miz, it, it wasn't surprising. And I, I, I think this is a feud that can really hit, you know, it, it can be a great feud. Um, unfortunately, we kind of know where the end result is um, with it, but it's going to be entertaining as it is because I, I think Gunther is one of my favorite wrestlers to watch in the ring, and the Miz is just all around. He's he's great everywhere, you know, in the ring and the mic. He's going to put 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 Gunther over a little bit more yeah. um, on there. So I think this could be fun. Uh, uh, yeah, Gunther too. I've, I've seen it too because I was reading through some comments section. I thought somebody made a really good point. Like he's he puts on a lot of a lot of great matches, yep. and he does so without chairs or blood. You know, you get a mm-hmm. lot of that in AEW and stuff. But I mean, he's just—he's got to be one of the top in-ring performers right now yeah. uh, in the world. Although I, I'll, I'll continue to say his like finisher power slam—I'm always uncomfortable because it—it it looks like he's not quite doing it yeah. correctly. Nope, uh, nope. Which it, 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 if he is, that adds to <laughs> adds to the match because <laughs> it makes me worried about the actual yeah. health of whoever he's throwing down. But uh, again, this is Nuclear Heat here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovin, your Nuclear Heat host. We have Nuclear Heat contributor Ayi Pena here, and we are running through Raw and SmackDown as we get up to, as we count down to War Games here on Saturday. Um, the next matchup on the card was Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Chad Gable. Um, I've loved Chad Gable and his group. Shinsuke's been talking about wanting to go after somebody, but we don't know who it is. Um, kind of, I, I, I mean, again, to me, with these talents involved, um, kind of underwhelming. I wasn't all that interested. They just didn't do a good job of, of, of telling this story or building up to this because we've already seen it. Yeah. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura has been taking on members of that, that group for quite some time. Um, not American Alpha, but I can't think of their name because Chad Gable goes through too many groups. Uh, but in any case, um, Shinsuke does get the victory. Uh, Chad Gable, um, from where he was just a second, just a couple of weeks ago with yeah. Gunther, where it was like, okay, maybe he doesn't get the intercontinental title, but this is time for his push, has fallen right down back mm-hmm. down to the mid card. Yeah. And it's Alpha Academy, right? Alpha Academy. Alpha yeah. Academy. Um, yeah. It's so disappointing. I will say this good for Chad Gable because they now have the greatest wrestler of all time, Akira Tosawa, on their team <laughs> um, in the Alpha Academy. So, you know, great things are going to happen. But no, I, I agree with you. It's so disappointing because you you were thinking he was going to be the one that dethroned Gunther, you know, and then that push would would bring Gunther into the main event title, and now he's, you know, Shinsuke is great, you know, he is. He was also, but they they just don't have the names themselves right now to put, and they should put on you know great matches. But yeah, I I agree. This was kind of a very underwhelming match. Well, the Alpha Academy too, like they they have made those additions lately that have kind of made them more of. Uh, continue to be more kind of the comedy act. It's yeah. kind of fun. And so they they needed something to kind of evolve before they would have a breakup or need to, to kind of get Gable going on his on a single match, a single run if that's what they were going to do. Yeah. And they've decided to kind of continue with the comedy act, um, add a little bit of flavor to it and, uh, and, and kind of refreshing it, which is fine. It just felt like they missed their opportunity where Gable was ready for the singles push. Yep. Um, and maybe they could, you know, do something. I mean, that that's not necessarily a group that I want to see feud. Like I, I don't, you know, I, I just don't think it'd be all that interesting for, yeah. for Otis and Gable. I think they could kind of just have Gable do a single push and, and have, um, and they could still be friends, but maybe not go out with each other all the time yeah. <laughs> type of deal. Um, 
but uh, it, it might it, it, it's interesting because Gable is the clearly by far the most over in that group and is yeah. just is is almost being hurt by having to carry the others along. Yep. No, I I agree with that. Um, it, it's great comedy. You know, when when they added Maxine Dupree, I was kind of that's her name, right? Yep. yep. Maxine Dupree. You know, I was kind of like, okay, you know, they're adding a, a you know a, a a woman to the to the mix. You know, maybe that'll do there. But yeah. It, it kind of gets stale, you know, after a little bit. They're funny. You know, I do laugh, especially with Akira Tosawa. Like I said, he yeah. somehow is still around after like 20 years of not doing anything. <laughs> He's still there. Um, You know, the man's got, you know, nine lives and he's on, you know, life yeah. number eight right if now. If not for our truth, he would be in Mr. 24-7. Oh yes. And, and that, that was hilarious. Um, he, He's a great comedy act. But yeah, Chad Gable, good in what he's doing. But man, he can put on a a wrestling match, you know, and, and they're, they're really missing out on just having him being the leader of this, this, you know, could you call them a mid card comedy group? Cause yeah, yeah mid card comedy group. I'll, I'll give them that. And do you, how about Shinsuke on the other side? Obviously he's coming off the Seth Rollins feud. They, he, he still kind of has these promos where he's, he, he's singling out somebody, but taking on American alpha or, or alpha Academy, excuse me. Um, I feel like he's lost some steam too, uh, yeah. from his kind of heel turn that he kind of had. And he's he. I mean, he could be so great, incredible, and and you know, just a, a good striker. But yeah, I'm not all that interested in what he's doing until he until he does it because he's been talking about it yeah. for a while. No, and and I agree with you. He's really really lost it. But we were talking about it, you know, just what last month, month and a half ago when we when we last were here, we were getting tired of his feud with Seth Rollins. You yeah. know, so so he that that feud didn't really help him at all you know the first match was good second match was okay but then they kept drawing it on drawing it on drawing it on so he really lost you know a lot of heat on his name um and now he's kind of just just lost you know he's he's just he's shinsuke nakamura you know he can put on a great match but that's about it yeah i i i, I and i it's it's hard to say because i really like him as a, as an act um <laughs> i think that if he, if he maybe there are some some guys that you know, all you all you can ask for is TV time, but he's 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 already like a made man in that yeah. way. So he doesn't he doesn't need that. He almost needs less TV time. Yep. He needs his presence when he is there to be more respectable. They've kind of used him as you know he's been on tag teams and yep. just you know playing guitar and, and being funny uh, and all that sort of stuff. And so I'm glad that they kind of made him a serious character again. But if you don't have anything for him, <laughs> you know, then maybe don't use him. Yep. Um, is, is kind of what I would say there. Where Chad Gable's like, as much as we just talked about where he, he's being dragged down, he's a guy you can throw out there every week, yep. be interesting, put on a good match, and I don't feel like he's getting too lost in, in the sauce. So it's kind of interesting the different attributes some of these these guys have. Um, so then we had the, the War Games Advantage match, Drew, Drew McIntyre against Jay Uso. Uh, lasted a, a, a few segments here. Drew McIntyre ultimately gets the win. Um, and then, of course, you have the traditional... Um, meeting of both groups to, to yeah. ball before we go to break uh, to 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 the end of the show. But of course, here you needed to know who was going to be revealed as the final good guy in the War Games games. Um, and uh, Cody Rhodes was was teasing it early in the night. He said he was going to call an old friend, so it made you start thinking who might that be. Um, and uh, obviously, his, his his legacy brother Randy Orton uh, ended up being who he continued to say different things uh you know hearing voices in his head all the randy ortonisms yeah and uh and randy never came out no, yes. <laughs> which was weird like the pop of the crowd was like yes <laughs> the return of randy this is a great way to do it we're gonna see randy orton i can't imagine being in that arena and, and being and just like 
that's it. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned Randy. Yep. We're out of here. So it's kind of a weird way uh, to to end the show, but it lets you know what's coming up here. Do you like how they did this? It it, it kind of it builds the anticipation for Saturday to see Randy, but it almost would have been better. Um, to maybe have that as a like a, a day of surprise, yeah. you know, if you're trying to sell tickets, Randy Orton probably can get a few extra ones in there. Um, so maybe that's why they did it. But it was just very strange um, to have uh, Cody Rhodes keep going, ah, Randy, <laughs> Randy, and then yep. and then yeah, it's Randy, but he's not here. <laughs> that, it, it was very weird to not have him show up. You know, like you said, they're gonna they're gonna save it there, but then there's no reason to announce who it is. The most WWE thing that can happen is they'll say it was supposed to be Randy. Randy doesn't show at the beginning. It's like a four on five situation shows up at the end. You know, it's going to be, it's, like it, that, yeah, it's going to yeah. be something like that. Or it could be uh Ted DiBiase jr. I think is his name. Yeah. Um, you know, the other legacy <laughs> member, he, 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 they got us all. Um, I, I was, I was, I was hyped as well because like, man, Randy's back. Randy's back. You know, it's going to be so awesome. And then he just never comes out and you're just like, <laughs> okay, you know, okay. Yeah. WWE, you know, you're just going to do that to us um, on there. And, did Cody actually say it was Randy? I think he did. Yeah, he did? I think. Okay, yeah. okay. Because I know he said, you know, sang his song a little bit, called him his nickname, yeah. you know, every single nickname he had. I just, I must have missed the part where he said Randy Orton, um, you know, because then that could have opened it up to a bunch of other possibilities. But yeah, you know, I, it, it makes me excited for War Games. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, it's been, what, almost two years since we've seen Randy Orton? Um, I'm, I'm ready to see him. Yeah, I mean, he's one of my favorites. He can. Mm -hmm. He only has like five moves, but any, yeah. anytime he does them, I get so jacked. I mean, I, I think he's an all-time great top ten in my book. Um, and I, so I'm really excited to see him. It's interesting because you can only do returns a certain. Like if you're out for that long, you can only do one return. Yeah. So you got to make the most out of it. And sometimes I don't think they do the best job of that. I think Randy returning to War Games is good. It just feels like these teams, like I said last year you kind of get to a point where you're not going to remember who, the, who these yeah. guys were because Randy comes back and it kind of combats the Drew McIntyre um, involvement with Judgment Day. You know, I think that that makes for a more interesting match. But I also, you know, with um, with a, with Russell, like the build up to WrestleMania around the corner. Yeah, um, I'm really intrigued because I think they have to do something with Randy here where mm -hmm. he's face and, and can turn heel right yeah. away or something like that. Like it has to be interesting. And Randy can't just come in and be uh, and also <laughs> also ran in this in the story yeah like he, uh, to me he's either got to do something or you should have waited till the royal rumble to bring him back because those i hope they have some pops for the royal rumble because in some years they just don't they yeah. just they're like well we've used all the le legendary guys uh we'll bring back somebody you haven't seen you know in a year and a half but didn't yeah. really miss uh and then that's all you have so i would have if they're not i'm going to be a little bit disappointed if they don't do enough with randy's character before Royal Rumble, which by the way is like two months away after yeah. this premium live event, they only they're not going to have anything in between there. So it would have been a little bit of a long ways to wait, but um, just a very different and interesting way to bring Randy back. Uh, and again, I think he's got to play into it. Um, my my again, my prediction, my hope is that he RKO's RKO's Cody uh, and starts a feud there for them to get going. Partially because I think that would be just the most interesting feud, and partially because I don't. I'm not. I'm not on the Cody against Roman yep. train for WrestleMania. So I think that if they could build that uh, for Cody for WrestleMania, that would be interesting. Continue to tell his story um, that that he wants to be told. But I don't know. I'm I'm still at the point. Well, as before we get into war games, I have, I just don't know where they're going with WrestleMania. Well, so with Randy Orton, if 
you know, when you were watching towards the end, they kept panning on Jay Uso, who looks very worried because of his history with Randy Orton. Mm. So I've seen kind of a lot of theories out in the the exosphere because it's not Twitter sphere anymore or anything like <laughs> that. Right. But um, you know that if if Randy is going to turn on anybody, it's going to be on Jay Uso, and then that's probably where the program's going to be. You know, but it's just so interesting because nobody on that team besides apparently Cody Rhodes and um, Sami Zayn, everybody else hates Jay Uso. Yeah. So it's 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 really going to be like okay, you know what's who who's going to get him? You know who's who's going to be the one. But I agree with you. Randy Orton has to be a difference maker in this. He's got to be RKO everybody and their moms, you know, when, when they walk out there. Because um, he's one of, he's going to be the biggest name. You know, he's the biggest name in that match now. Because I know Cody has it, you know, everybody has that. But, you know, Randy Orton is a Hall of Famer, you know, 13-time champ or 14-time champion. Something like that. Somewhere in there, yeah. Um, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Has the, the greatest finisher of all time in the, the RKO. You know, if you have him go out there, wrestle for five minutes, get eliminated or something, yeah. that's going to be the biggest disappointment. Well, and it's interesting, too, because if you're following kind of the Randy Orton outside of the ring, the injury that he had, um, he's had doctors tell him that he, he maybe should not return to yeah. wrestling and, and specifically needs to stop doing the RKO because of the pressure it's putting on his back. Um, so it, it is also maybe the return of the punt. Or maybe you <laughs> maybe you might not see as many RKOs here, um, which is kind of strange because it's a, you know, I understand how doing it over and over again, like anything, is gonna is gonna wear and tear on you. But especially just jumping down, I mean, it's not yeah. like it's 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 a it's overly complicated. But I, that's what I've heard, so I'm yeah. I'm not sure well, how much RKOs he'll be doing. As as a man that's done like five RKOs on his friends in his life, you know, <laughs> I will tell you they are not that hard to pull off um on there so they're really fun to do but kids don't do it if you're listening don't do that's it that's right it's not fun but i'm a yeah you're yeah. back you're a backyard wrestler yes, from I the am. 90s yep from the <laughs> 90s um you know i got i got a ring set up in my backyard and i just rko everybody as they come through i rock bottom them as well so yeah don't do that at home but at the same time backyard wrestling was crazy that people did that to begin with yep. um but uh, at least they had some fun with it i suppose all right let's uh work quickly before we wrap up the show let's Let's give our War Games prediction. What I like about this uh, in both of the War, war Games scenarios is I could see either side winning. Yeah. And and so, I mean, I think that that's uh, really exciting. But let's go down it. Okay, so first, and, and again, we'll start with this one. It'll probably be the end uh, match of the night. Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, uh, Seth Rollins uh, will take on, uh, and Randy Orton, obviously, will take on the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough, and Damian Priest. Uh, as well as Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, yes, I blank on names. Okay. Uh, if you might, you might, you might have noticed. But in any case, uh, who do you see coming out on top of that? Man, this one's a toss-up. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be the the baby faces. Randy mm -hmm. Orton um, will be there, and I'm going to put a twist on it because I think Damian Priest is going to be the first one eliminated out of this. Interesting. You know, all because yeah. of the whole he's trying to be the leader of the Judgment Day. You know, he keeps saying it. And he's, you know, Senor Money in the Bank, all that stuff. I feel like he's going to be the first one to bite the dust here. Do you think, um, obviously, there's there's nothing in here um, for not only not only Roman, but the bloodline. I feel like Jimmy's going to get involved. I feel like Solo's going to get involved. There's something here, mm -hmm. um, which, they, of course, they have the cage, so nobody can get involved. But you know, well, I, think, I think Jimmy might be hiding under the apron or something. Yeah. Um, so I could see something like that. Um, I think Judgment Day 
from what we've learned on Raw, is very untouchable even if they lose, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah, they do regularly in the main event and come back the next week and say they they own Raw. So I would say I would I would agree with you. I think the faces ultimately get the win here. Yeah. One thing I will say though too is they've done a great like this whole thing has been a distraction and they haven't focused in, at all other than a little bit of a mention that Damian Breeze still has the money in the bank. Yeah. So pay attention to that. You could see that pop up. Uh, maybe maybe a cash can happen there as well. Yeah. Uh, the women's war games match: Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control, uh, which uh, can, uh, features Bailey, Kyrie Sane, Asuka and EO Sky. Uh, what do you think? Good guys again? Or do you think the bad guys get this one? I think it's going to be the, the bad guys. I think EO Sky is going to, you know, come out um, at the end. So if if it's the bad guys, it's EO Sky. If it's the good guys, I'm going with that, you know, shot in the dark, Shotsky, you know, somehow yeah. comes out and wins it all. So, but I'm going to go with EO Sky. I mean, y- you got to protect your champion somehow. Um, and I don't think they've done a great job with that, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think, I think the bad guys, I think the bad guys come out. I think you could definitely see the Bailey dissension thing happen here, and, and, and then the good girls get the win. Um, but like we were saying earlier, like what does that what does that do for Charlotte? What does yeah. it do for Bianca? What does it do for Becky? It does nothing. nothing. So unless you're giving the pen to Shotzi, which would almost do too much because it feels like that's not earned yet. That's yeah. you know she's kind of getting the rub by being in the match. I don't think she should be the main storyline coming out of out of this War Games match. I think I think that damage control uh, should win this one. Yep. So I'm, I'm gonna go with you with that. Uh, Women's World Championship match: Zoe Stark and Rhea Ripley. Any chance Stark gets the upset? Oh, the nope, nope, no, 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 no. Rhea Ripley. All the, it, it might be a good match because I think they're gonna really try to push and solidify Zoe Stark as a true competitor because you know she has the build, she's got the athleticism. But no, Rhea Ripley is gonna retain. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, I agree with you. Rhea's just way too hot right now, especially with what they've got going on. Uh, with with her group, the Judgment Day, and all the different twists and turns that can happen there, her losing the belt here wouldn't make any sense. Yep. Um, Zoe Stark, I am interested to see kind of where she goes. This is a good enough match, I think, yeah. that they had to put on the card. Um, just because Zoe Stark's still new, um, still kind of uh, still intriguing to me, and and I don't know where she goes from here, but at least she'll get her opportunity against Rhea. Yep. Uh, Intercontinental Championship match: The Miz versus Gunther. Anyway, The Miz. Uh, takes down Guther and ends the long run. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I love the Miz. He's great, but no, he, he's not the person to dethrone Guther. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, this is, they've done a good job to make that match feel like something. Um, but they, they've built Guther up so much that they need, when, somebody needs to get a big rub for doing it. The yeah. Miz absolutely doesn't need it. Um, he could be Intercontinental Champion again, but he could do that by defeating the guy that defeats, you know, yeah. Guther or some, somewhere down the line. I mean, he's just, he's, well, I think he's an eight-time Intercontinental champ. Yeah. Um, so what does number nine really mean? I yeah. mean, and, and, you know, as opposed to whether they've got Gunther red hot. Now, that being said, you mentioned earlier, at some point they might break Gunther away from this title so he could go after Rollins. Yeah. Um, and that will be really intriguing. So, you know, it could happen anytime. He's already got the record, but it just doesn't feel like the guy that necessarily needs, you know, you've built Gunther up yeah. enough. It's kind of similar to Roman Reigns where it's like when they finally beat him, this this isn't just some match to throw away on SmackDown and then have that guy lose, you know, a month later after his championship reign. It needs to be uh, really big. And I'm yep. really interested in, in, like, where would the Intercontinental title go after it passes from Gunther? Like, is the prestige, because you want to, he's built it up, the prestige yeah. is back. And so you want to kind of keep that. So um, I just don't think the Miz is, is the guy for that. But uh, I do expect another low blow. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see that. Uh, the only other match on the card, Carlito and Santos Escobar. 
Um, Carlitos, of course, made his big return. Santos Escobar, um, in my mind, if you, if they're going to push him as this heel and this in this this fight for Rey Mysterio, eventually you got to have that come to a head. So I think Escobar has to get the win here. Yep. Um, so that's where I would go. And I'm and and, and as I I made I maybe made fun of it earlier by saying maybe it's a, a match that I want to that I would watch on SmackDown or be more interested to be on SmackDown. Maybe not a premium live event. That being said, I'm not going to fast forward through it. I'm because yeah. I am interested in it. It just feels like the build hasn't been quite enough in. Um, you know, maybe the names aren't quite there. Yeah, no, and Santos is going to win this. There's as good as Carlito is and, you know, as good as he was in our childhood, you cannot give him the win over Santos on this. So, and especially kind of the story where they're going, you know, they broke him up. Normally when you just break someone up off a group, turn them heel, you don't give them an L. Um, I'd be very surprised if they did that. Yeah, so expect Santos to get the win there. Uh, that'll wrap it up for our show, Nuclear Heat, here on 93.7 The Ticket. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we will have another show next week. Hopefully, uh, we've got a, a lot of war games to talk about. Uh, we'll see if we, we should. Uh, as of plan right now, we, we will also have raw after war games. Um, but who knows? We might just come in on Sunday and we just know how we kind of feel about it. If it's that good of a match, we're going to see a lot of other stuff going on in the sports world, too. So uh, it'll be fun. It's good to have it on a Saturday as a those to the, the previous match or previous premium live event too which was pretty early in the morning yeah. i think this is the united states so uh, we can wait till saturday night for it so that'll be good uh but that'll wrap it up for nuclear heat i'm jake bachman he's Aggie pena uh we will be back uh pretty soon to talk more wrestling we're trying to do this as our weekly podcast and we'll continue doing it can't wait for rod or i believe it's smackdown coming to lincoln uh here in, in uh, early january as well so we will look forward to that but that'll wrap it up for this this show thanks for joining us we'll talk to you later